0: podcast season nine episode two your favorite literary cultural and filmographical student run podcast here at york college of pennsylvania as always i'm your host ben and i'm your co-host john and this week we'll be talking to professors and students in the biology and chemistry departments here at york college of pennsylvania We've got some pretty good interviews this week so we hope you guys learned some from this week's episode Dr. Gray, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you
1: for having me. So what
0: specifically is your field of study and what kind of classes do you teach here at York?
1: So in the biology department, I um, consider myself fairly lucky in that my graduate specialty is microbiology, the study of minute organisms that we cannot see, and immunology, how our bodies fight off infection and kind of keep them at literally skin's uh, or arm's length. And so the courses I teach for the nursing and allied health departments, I teach microbiology, which in that case is the science of infectious disease. And for both allied health and biology majors, I teach immunology as a 300 level course. And so I'm, I'm currently talking to my students about how we uh, develop immune responses, actually. It's a pretty relevant topic right now. Rather, yeah, I've had lots of opportunities of case studies and primary examples over the last year. You know, I can talk epidemiology, talk about disease outbreaks, I can talk about vaccines, all of these things. It is rather topical, yeah. Definitely.
2: Uh, What first got you interested in your
1: field study? So uh, my mom has this childhood memories book, you know, one of those, those books, every grade, here's your class photo, what do you, what's your favorite food? What do you wanna be when you grow up? And when I was eight years old, I announced I wanted to be a biochemist. My mom was kind of like, well, why? And I said, because mad science! Because I was a big fan of, you know, Frankenstein, the classic bubbling flasks and Jacob's Ladder's electronics going in the background. I love the idea of blowing stuff up. I was eight. And the... I no, Biology, I just started learning some biology, and I thought it was really cool, so I said, can I combine the two of them? But I had no idea what a biochemist actually was, and uh, I just kind of stayed in that vein going forward. So, well,
0: I'm glad you're able to uh, stick with it throughout your career. Uh, what got you interested in teaching? So... um
1: always being a lifelong student. Uh, so I, at some point, I, I admit I was actually kind of curious about what it took to see you know the other side of things there, but I didn't actually get any hands-on training in it until I was in graduate school. Now, most graduate programs in the biomedical sciences, they require grad students to teach or at least, be a teaching assistant for a term. And so I got my first exposure in my first stint in graduate school, which was at a a 15,000 student college. And I loved it. I was kind of like, this is, okay, I'm not actually the one up there and behind the lectern and, you know, wearing the microphone, but I was doing, all right, let's do quiz sections. Let me answer your questions. Let me run review sessions. And I had fun with it. A few years later, after I'd earned my master's, I was moonlighting as a high school teacher, or I was teaching a um, one course, a term for, for two years. And it was in a, a really interesting program. This is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And they one of the schools there have what they call their community resources program, where local subject matter experts come in and teach what they know. And I would have loved to have been in on their home ec course. It was actually taught by the owner and head chef of one of the four-star restaurants in town. Uh, You know, one of those places where the average dinner out costs a hundred bucks a person kind of thing. And that was the person who came in and taught in their version of home ec. I taught, because at the time I was really curious about what all I could do with my master's in immunology and said, well, well, here's an option I haven't explored before. And so I taught life sciences based on how it made the headlines. And I learned that I enjoyed teaching, but I really had a hard time keeping up with the uh, younger high school students. <laughs> uh, and then later on, I wound up uh, restarting graduate school for my doctorate. And I deliberately chose to take on as much teaching as I could and had a few faculty uh, come back and actually say, yeah, would you mind being my assistant again? Uh, sure, you can teach a few lectures. And so I, I kind of got hooked then.
2: So what drew you to YCP?
1: So, uh, <clears throat> well, the simple fact that they did offer me a job, but also during the interview, which would be, let's see, seven years ago now, I was very impressed with the biology department's strong support, actually requirement that all of the biology majors do research. Now this was a completely alien concept to me for when I started out my undergrad days to get into research, you had to be the, you know, top 3% of students. You had to know that the research opportunities were there. And then you had to go ask somebody, hi, I would like to learn how to do research. Can I join your lab? Sure. I'll be a volunteer and wash your dishes. If in three months time, I can actually learn how to handle some of that equipment. And here they were like, nope, it's a requirement for every single student. They get to pick which faculty they want to work with and we they get to kind of design their own projects and I thought this was a fantastic idea. And so the, I don't wanna say quite devotion of my colleagues to supporting student learning and learning how to do research from the ground up, uh, but certainly very strong interest and unanimous support for it. I was like, this is fantastic. Plus I could, you know, very early on picked up a really strong interest in teaching not simply as a job, but as a, a vocation uh, amongst all my colleagues in biology. And so I was really, really pleased with that too.
0: Yeah, I know uh, the hands-on experience that uh, York offers across almost all their programs is a huge draw for a lot of students. What are some of the things
1: that your biology students are researching while they're here? So, um, I have had just from my students, I so in my fields of microbiology and immunology, I have had students explore. Uh, so he was working as a volunteer at a cat rescue shelter and he asked the question, does cat saliva have really strong antimicrobial properties because they're always cleaning themselves? And I was like, all right, look up in the literature, see if there's anything there. There's nothing there. Let's design some experiments to work that out. I had two students at different times explore the question of, do the microbes living in your gut influence your ability to gain or lose weight? And we did this within a number of small animal studies using mice. And um, the fact that both of them one of them for nine months came in every day and collected mouse poop to analyze uh, the what's called the gut microbiome, which is a really hot topic these days. Uh, was really interesting. I was I was really impressed with their ideas that they had and the way they set the experiments up. So you know I've I've supported a whole range of stuff in that regard. That's
2: really yeah. cool. Yeah, That's really cool. As a cat owner, I approved of the first experiment. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, What's a common misconception you hear about uh, your field or your students in general? So about
1: the field, the biggest misconception is that you have to be an absolute genius to be a biologist. When I have found that it's often a matter of not being taught in a way that's interesting to you. I have managed successfully to teach a group of, of fifth graders about the structure of DNA and how DNA copies you know gets copied. But I did it not through here's a chalkboard, here's a whiteboard, here's all this structure. I did it um, through here's strands of yarn. Let's, you know, let's hang some beads on them. Let's match opposite colors of beads. And this is you just built your strand of DNA. Now let's copy it. And so teaching to students at their level, which not to malign lots of you know elementary and high school science teachers, but what they're restricted to teaching tends to kill some of the more interesting ways to learn about biology. And so it's, you know, I'm, I'm certain many, many people over the last year in particular have picked up a tremendous amount of biology knowledge about infectious disease. And much of that may be also because there are so many other people trying to communicate science. Um, I've one of my students pointed me to a YouTuber, Z Dog, who he's actually an MD in Southern California that decided to initially start making rap videos, medicine rap videos for his colleagues, but he's since branched out into doing much more serious education. I've I've started finding uh, online web comics up that every now and again, somebody throws in a, a one-day, one-shot about vaccines or COVID, and I'm putting those up in front of class. And my, my students are loving it. They're kind of like, okay, that's that's really kind of silly and awesome. And so I think, honestly, for many people, the understanding Biology comes down to are you being given an option to learn it in a way that is relevant and interesting to you? As for misconceptions about the students, um, I see that many of the students, the expectation is they're all going to med school or they're all there just to cu- cuddle all the fluffy animals and that there's no in between. And yet, most of our students fall into the in between. They are interested in medicine or in biomedical research but you know their plans are not necessarily yep i'm going to med school right from the start kind of thing or oh look at your fluffy bunnies um one of our graduates she's actually running a wildlife facilitator rescue program and she's doing opossums which a lot of people are kind of like ew opossums they're kind of like now, she, she did her research about that, totally, utterly fascinated by it. Um, at, and so we've got other students who have done reptile work and so on. And so it's there's an entire spectrum of, of interests in there. And it's just a matter of finding a niche that you like. How would you
0: say instruction has changed over the course of your career?
1: So the, the biggest single change that I have seen in my time from, you know, when I started in grad school teaching is the incorporation of online learning management systems like Canvas or Blackboard or Moodle. And the first time I saw any one of those, I was doing uh, postdoctoral training and teaching in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I was teaching at Central New Mexico Community College and they used Canvas. And it was awful from the faculty perspective. It took probably 10 steps to upload a single file. And it was really only used as an online gradebook, fundamentally. And these things have been transformed into fairly user friendly ways to deliver course content, to run quizzes online, you know, and this was actually happening before we went into lockdown last spring. That just all accelerated over the last year. And so, I mean, I'm certain some more of my colleagues can talk at in great detail about the massive pedagogical changes brought on by having to go to all virtual, but not an online format, or the high flex format and trying to deal with that in many ways. You know, I, I'm friends with uh, Dr. Krug in history, and she has been remote the entire year. I'm kind of like, all right, if you're teaching just lecture, there are ways I can see that working. But I teach lab, and I can't imagine doing what she's doing. And uh, you know, I haven't talked to her about it, but she might be going like, Yeah, I can't imagine actually doing what you're trying to do in a high flex system. So, you yeah. know. Yeah, they are definitely hard during a pandemic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what is one thing you'd like a future student to know about York College?
1: I think the strongest thing we could honestly say about York College is you're going to get out of your time at York what you put into it, not just in biology, but as as you commented earlier about the number of other opportunities in almost all the departments on campus for getting the hands-on training, getting into doing some of the kinds of work that you might get hired for after graduation, you might wind up doing. And it's simply a matter of finding out what is most interesting to you and then going for it. Um, I've got one student who... Uh, she's my advisee, when she first came onto campus, she was really convinced she was going to med school. After her first year, she changed career ideas to uh, med school adjacent. She wanted to be doing genetic counseling. And then she's graduating this term with three minors, only, uh, none of which have anything to do with uh, genetic counseling. Uh, but instead, might send her towards, uh, I don't know, honestly, psychiatry or neuroscience research at this point. Um, and she has found research opportunities to make that work. And not just in the department, but in certainly two of the minors. And I think she found an opportunity in the third minor. And so it's, it's, if you, I know a lot of our students work, you know, at least half time. Some of them work full time. But, find something at your college that's practicum because that'll actually do you better in the long run than, you know, working full time to make sure you don't have any student loans. So I, I you know, if I would have had to put it that way, I'd say take out a student loan and put more time into the kind of future training you can get here. All right. We'll move away from
0: academics for a little bit. What kind of stuff do you like to do when you're not teaching? Oh,
1: so uh, for those of you listening at home, I am wearing a t-shirt that says, What part of... (laughs) Don't you understand? It was actually a gift to me from a friend for Halloween one year. Um, I'm a bit of a ham. So I've done amateur theater. I've done uh, comedy sketch troupe. uh, I am a huge gaming nerd. And... I actually currently playing in one camp D and D campaign run by a colleague here and I'm running another one for another colleague. Uh, And then uh, love getting out. I love hiking. I grew up hiking outside of Seattle in the Cascade mountains. So I, you know, when the weather's good, I love getting out and doing all that. And, uh, I have a 10 year old daughter, my wife and I, we love supporting her and she is all over the place kind of thing. So I, I enjoy a wide variety of things, I guess, outside of school. So. What is something your
2: students probably don't know about you?
1: So for most of the time, I pretty much wear my heart on my sleeve. A lot of my interests are out in the open. I will talk with my students about gaming, about a fact I'm a sci-fi nerd, fantasy nerd, and so on. Um, Probably the most unusual thing about me my students don't know is that I started college when I was 13. And I actually earned my first bachelor's degree when I was 17. That was a special program that's still running successfully today at the University of Washington in Seattle. And that was, oh geez, 30... 33 years ago when I started undergrad. Um, And so, yeah, that's an unusual experience. (laughs) That's an impressive experience. Uh, What was something that you
0: would like current students to know about the biology field?
1: So I have heard it said back in the 20th century, you know, last millennium, um, that a lot of people looked at the state of the world through the, through the 20th century and said, oh, this is the century of science. It's the century of physics. We sent people to the moon. We invented, you know, home computers and so on. And really, the 21st century is going to be the century of biology. Biotechnology is not only continuing to revolutionize medicine, the fact that you know, in the next 15 years, a patient coming in for the first time and having their entire genome sequenced such that clinicians will know, oh, by your genetic code, you have an increased risk for this and, you know, higher issues with that. Let us keep an eye on those things well in advance. So biotechnology is revolutionizing that. Biotech and biology in general is going to revolutionize things like manufacturing and recovering from the some of the worst excesses of the 20th century, um, even the 19th century. I know that one of the properties that the college owns up against the Coteris is an old industrial brownfield. I think there was an old paint factory there, and there are groups investigating the use of bioremediation. The idea of seeding the soil with heavy metal binding bacteria and plants that will actually bind up things like cadmium. Those of you who are artists will, will be thinking cadmium red. That's what the paint factory used it for, but it's toxic at high concentrations. So. Can can the college clean up that soil and then maybe use it to, I don't know, support our brand new horticulture program, our urban horticulture program uh, as a plantation site? I think that'd be cool. And it's something that is achievable with understanding biology in many ways. And so the opportunities in biology are, exploding but they can be local or they can be very very far away you know i i actually in our research series of courses one of the lectures i give is on planning for what you're doing when you graduate and so i talk about do you want a federal job do you want a government job do you want an academic job do you want a corporate job if you want a corporate job you're not going to find them around here you're gonna to have to be prepared to move to like the Bay Area in California or Seattle or Chapel Hill, North Carolina, because there are so many companies there centered around biotechnology and discovery in many ways, or Boston or even New Jersey. That, you know, there are many, many opportunities out there for engaging with this material after you graduate. And there are many, many different levels. Uh, we've had some students that are kind of like, uh, you know, ten uh, percent of my job these days is biology. Some students are kind of like ninety percent of my job is biology, and so it's it's an entire spectrum. You're not you're not locked in to one thing. So,
2: what is a piece of advice you'll give to seniors graduating in biology?
1: Well, um, keep looking. Honestly, you know, and, and this is. Again, this is probably a generational thing. When I was growing up, my dad had been working for the same company for 20 years at that point. And he retired after working 25 years at the same company. These days, that's an almost alien concept. Um, You know, this actually, this job is the longest I have ever been at one location ever in my life Uh, and this is my seventh year of teaching here and the idea that i may yet be here another 10 15 years i'm kind of like whoa can i actually imagine that but for our our new graduates don't feel that you are stuck anywhere you know I've, i've talked to some of our alums from the department about what they have wound up doing, what they have learned, and you know what have they found the most attractive of their York education to other companies and so on. And it is that practicum. And so identify your interests, identify your strengths, and keep looking until you find something that hits both of those sweet spots, honestly. You, you're gonna have so many opportunities and so much variety to play around with that you can, you know, you're gonna get there. So don't don't despair just because you're graduating and life is changing again, so.
0: All right, and what would you say has been one of the most rewarding experiences
1: you've had since you started working at York? So I saw this question on the list and I was like, huh, which, wh- where do I go with that one? And sometimes it's, meeting one of my former students out there somewhere and, you know, talking about their, their time at York or talking about what they're doing these days. Um, but honestly, I personally love the light bulb moments. I love watching when my students take a tricky concept and comprehension dawns. And literally, I can, it's a little bit harder behind a mask, but I, I can see that change in people's faces. They, they kind of go like, oh, I get it. And so that's, that's a little dopamine hit right there. It's a little nice reward going like, hey, I, you know, I, I got, got through to somebody today. And so I get those, you know, in a, in a good semester, I get those every other day kind of thing. And, and so those for me, speaking of, you know, what's my interest and what are my strengths, for example, that's that's what does it for me, is I really love those little moments, so.
0: All right, well, we wanna thank you for coming on and talking to us today. Oh, we really my pleasure. appreciate it. Thank you. And our next guest is Dr. Fouch. Dr. Fouch, thanks for coming on and talking to us.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: So what specifically is your field of study and what kind of classes do you teach here at York?
3: So I got my undergraduate degree in chemistry and then I went for a PhD in bio inorganic. So it's kind of the combination between metals and biology. And then I did a little bit of organic synthesis. And I didn't answer the second question. <laughs> what do I teach? Is yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I teach mostly freshman gen chem and sophomore organic. So the sophomore organic course is where students who are going to med school need to take that course. So I have a lot of biology majors as well as the chemistry majors.
2: What first got you interested in your field of study?
3: Um, it was my high school teacher. I really enjoyed the strict nature that she had in class, actually. She was pretty strict. And I just really, I like the math behind the chemistry and the almost like the, the finite answer, right? So you, you set out to solve this problem and there's going to be an answer. And I really liked that part of it.
0: What first got you interested in teaching?
3: That's a funny story because my mom is a teacher and in college I never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to get a job and make some money and just get out there and and be a chemist. And when I went to graduate school, the first semester we have to be a graduate assistant or teaching assistant in the labs. And so you're fresh out of undergrad you go to grad school and they make you teach this class, actually a couple of classes. And the fir- in the first semester, I uh, helped a couple students pass an exam and they told me this, this is the best exam I've ever done because of you and I was hooked. And so after that semester, I decided through my PhD, I'm gonna, I need to go and teach.
2: That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> what, what drew you to your college?
3: What drew me here? Well, the job. There was a job. There was a paying job. It was 2011
1: uh, recession. It was not great.
3: Um, But besides besides it just being a job, I applied to uh, 47 schools at the time. So I I cast a wide net. I'm originally from Wisconsin, so not from the York area. But what attracted me to York in particular is that it reminded me of my undergraduate experience. It was a very small um, sort of personal interactions with your professors. And I really, really like that part of it, the size of York. And we have some pretty amazing instrumentation in our labs for for a school this size. It was really impressive.
0: And that's a lot of what the students are saying as well, is it's a small class size. They can really develop relationships with Mm -hmm. the professors. Have you taught anywhere before York and how does that compare?
3: Um, Actually, I have not taught anywhere before York, except for my um, graduate degree experience and that was at Purdue where there are you know 40,000 students and that was a place that I would not want to go to school as a student it was just it was too big Um, but I did a postdoc in between PhD and here with no teaching and when I came here I realized that I really really missed it so I'm just really glad to be at York.
2: Uh, What's a common misconception you hear about your field or the students in your field?
3: Oh, that's a good one. A common, well, a lot of times when you go in the public, you go to the dentist and you say, oh, what do you do? I teach chemistry. Oh, that's so hard. Or it makes no sense. It's too difficult. That was never for me. And maybe that's maybe not a misconception, but more of a popular opinion. Um, but really, it's not It's not that hard. It really isn't that hard. Um, I, which, you know, maybe I have a strange view on it, but I feel like if you if you're really engaged and excited about it, you can put your mind to it, you can do it. I mean, it does require a little bit of algebra at first, but there's some creativity and just, you know, it's perseverance really.
0: How would you say instruction has changed over the past couple of years since you started teaching?
3: Um, taking the pandemic out of it, I would say it, I've been here almost 10 years. And the difference now is that there's just a lot more done electronically Um, I do a lot less paper stuff, at least me personally. And a lot of my interactions with students is through email, um, which was probably about the same 10 years ago. But in terms of the actual instruction, there's just a lot more done electronically um, with Canvas and stuff like that. But the the student population has changed a little bit. And the desire for immediate feedback is a little bit different now than 10 years ago when i couldn't just upload uh, well i could probably but it'd take a long time scan it and upload it and now you have an app on your phone you can just make a pdf and there you go so th- i think that need to know that that has changed things a
2: little bit yeah definitely experience that as a student you want to know your grade as soon as possible you're checking yeah. canvas like yeah every five seconds yeah. right constantly yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely> refreshing <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing you would like a future student to know about York college
3: a future student Probably some of the things we already mentioned, um, the, the small class sizes, the personal attention, especially, so York college in general and the sciences, we, we care about students and your success and your learning. So I would say that's the majority of the faculty across the board do care. You know, we, we want you to be in our classes and do well, we don't want you to fail. And I think you're gonna, you'll get that other places, um, but not a lot of places. And we, when we say that, we really do mean it, too.
0: All right. We're going to uh, step away from academics for a little bit. Uh, what's something that you like to do outside of teaching? Like, What does a normal weekend look like for you?
3: <sighs> a normal weekend is ignoring email. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two kids, and so even even with the pandemic, they're involved with basketball and soccer, and so we're, we do a lot of sporting stuff. I like to be outside and. Camping, I love camping, Um, running. I I like to run, not as much as I used to, but I like to run and just be active outdoors, Um, cook, swim in the pool, just relax, basically. I guess those are all relaxing things, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What's something your students probably don't know about you?
3: Um, I got this question ahead of time. I had to think about it. Um, (laughs) The thing that I really never share is that I, was really close to not going to college at all. Um, I wanted to get a job and I thought $30,000 a year was a good salary. You know, when you're in high school, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. And my dad said, okay, you don't need to go. Like I had, this was like a month before I went. I was deposited. I was about to go. And he said, okay, well, you don't need to go. That's fine. And, um, you know, when you're 18 and your parent says, you must do this, your my reaction was, no, I'm not doing that. Or you're not allowed to do this. I'm absolutely doing it, right? Like that's just always the, so he did a really good job of saying, okay, I'll, I'll call your bluff. And we, we went through how much it would cost for me to pay rent, to live at home, to pay for my laundry and my groceries and all this stuff. And then I realized, oh, it's not actually that much money, $30,000. So I guess I'll just go to college, fine. Um, but I, I usually don't share that with my students. <laughs>
0: What's something that you would like current students to know, either current chemistry students or just in general um, about your field?
3: Um, current students, well, it's kind of goes along with that misconception that chemistry is all around us. You know, I'd like, like people to know chemistry is all around us. It really it, it is the reason why your DNA is in a double helix. It has to do with hydrogen bonds, which is chemistry. So it, it's really, it can be a lot of fun to investigate where chemistry is in your life. A plastic pen is made from a polymer. How do you get a plastic? Well, that comes from oil. and You know, that's all a chemical reaction. And, um, you know, just that it's, it's all around us.
2: What's a piece of advice you would give to seniors graduating in chemistry?
3: Definitely the best piece of advice I can give is to not stop taking risks. So, without risk, there is no reward. Don't be too afraid to try that job in another state or you know say yes to that first date or whatever it might be, right so just don't be too scared to try new things and I think that's something that i I live by pretty well on some <laughs> wavelengths of my life and other wavelengths I can do much better, but I try to have that running in the back of my mind you know just just go for it, you know.
0: All right. And our last question for you today, what would you say has been one of the most rewarding experiences you've had at York college?
3: Um, Overall, my rewarding, most rewarding experiences have been working on research projects with my students and then taking those research projects to the national level. This year, we were supposed to go to Texas for a national meeting. It's all virtual now because of COVID. But our seniors get to work in the lab, write up their work and then travel to usually a, a warm place of the United States in the spring and present their work to a group of their peers. And there's thousands and thousands of chemists that go to this conference. And that is just such an amazing opportunity that being part of that with my students has been wonderful. And I never had that as an undergraduate. And so I just really press upon them that this is, this is really cool. Not everybody gets to do this. And we we have a lot of fun too when we go and travel together. So that that's that's been the the best experience.
0: All right, we well, want to thank you for coming on talking to us today. Thank you. I'm joined today by Maddie. Thanks for coming on.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: So what what exactly is your major?
4: Um, I have a biology major, um, just general biology. I have a concentration in ecology and conservation.
0: All right, and what got you interested in that field?
4: Um, actually, in high school ninth grade or tenth grade I took an AP bio course and my one professor like he was just super fun he made the course really fun so I just decided to go with bio because I was like oh this is so fun in high school so then I thought it would be fun in college too so I just went with that All
0: Right? uh do you think your major has lived up to what you thought it would be like or
4: it's definitely fun it's also a lot harder than it was in high school but I always say um, if you're a bio major, you have to really like bio to stick with being a bio major because it's it's a lot of work.
0: Uh, What do you think you want to do with your degree? I know before we started, you said you were pretty close to graduating.
4: Yes. So this is my last semester. Um, I Honestly, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do with it. I'm going to take like a year off and maybe work in like a lab. as like a lab tech. And then I'll probably go get my master's for some genetics or something with ecology and conservation. I'm not quite sure yet.
0: All right. Uh what drew you to York College of Pennsylvania?
4: Um well, uh, uh, um just honestly, I don't know. Uh pretty much because I got a good scholarship here, so <laughs> if I'm being honest, um I also heard a lot of good things um from it just like word of mouth and that it was small classrooms and they worked with you really well so that and the scholarship
0: yeah I remember (laughs) I remember in high school they always told us go where the money is
4: yeah exactly exactly
0: Uh, what would you say is your favorite thing about college life so far
4: um well I was a commuter my first two years and I became an RA my junior year so I really enjoyed living on campus and like the on-campus life I also enjoy um being an RA, I love the staff. That I'm on West Cam- Campus, so I love the staff.
0: You're in Spring Garden, right? Yes, Spring I'm on Garden. the second floor. I was Lucas's roommate last semester. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh
4: my gosh, yeah. Lucas was an RA. He was a great guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you involved in any clubs or activities outside of being an RA here on campus?
4: Um, I'm part of a s- uh, community service club on campus called Student Service Alliance, or SSA. Um, it's basically we do community service. And yeah, we're we're working on a club right now called the, I'm in this club called the Daffodil Project, and we planted a daffodil garden, in the back of the Halil, um, the Halil House, to raise awareness for children Holocaust victims. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. But it's it's basically just a commu- community service club, and then there's like little subsections within the club.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what's something that you like to do in your free time?
4: Um. Well, I have. Uh, off-campus job and then I have two on-campus jobs and I'm a bio major with a double minor so I don't have a lot of free time but when I do have free time, I I love to hike, I love to, to um, go on jogs, I like being outside, yeah, I'm shopping, hanging out with friends and family.
0: All right. What would you say is one of the most important lessons you've learned either in your program or just about life in general since starting college?
4: time management is definitely super super important. Um it can make or break pretty much anything. I mean, even if you're like even if you're not the smartest, you know, pickle in the jar, if you learn how to really manage your time and spend the time you need to study for whatever exam you have coming up, you'll do all right. You just have to be able to fit it all together. Plan it all out. Use a planner. That's very important. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's something that you would tell a high school student who's looking to study biology or any of your minors?
4: I, I would just say that you know if you're doing a bio degree make sure you have make sure you really like bio because if not you will for sure change your major at something like probably freshman sophomore year um, and why waste that time so you know what I mean like really make sure you are willing to put in the time and effort if you're going for a, a STEM, any STEM field, I would say.
0: All right, well, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. We really yeah, appreciate you Yeah, thank you, you. no problem. Out. All right, those are some pretty interesting uh, comments from the professors and students, wouldn't you say, John? I would agree, yeah. We hope you guys learned a lot from this episode. Next week, we're gonna be taking a little bit of a detour from our normal um, focusing on majors here. And we're going to talk to the writer-in-residence, uh, ma- poet Major Jackson. He's going to be coming and talking to us about some of his work and his career. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you again next week.